One big part of keeping your arrows flying straight and on target is how you fletch them up. So today, let's dive into that. This is the Beyond Hunter Ed podcast, where the focus is on all the questions you wish were answered in the classroom and quite a few more. So whether you're an accomplished lifer or a complete newbie, and you're looking to discuss all topics hunting in an entertaining and unfiltered way, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eric Jaitner. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So... I want to talk today a little bit about fletching. I looked back at what we covered in the archery series, and we talked a lot about the arrows, what you're going to use for material for arrows, as well as your broadhead, and I realized I didn't even talk about how to fletch them. So we're going to cover that today. But first, public service announcement. Again, if you're planning to hunt in the West next year, well, this year, end of this year, next hunting season. Remember, we're in application season. Wyoming's coming up. Arizona's coming up. Utah, it's all come and due. And between now and June, it's going to keep going and you're going to have deadlines. So take a look, figure out what states you want to go to. Again, go hunt insider. That's probably the best place to figure out where you have the best chance of one, getting a tag to being successful and they even tell you you know what kind of animal you could be expecting what size so if you haven't given them a chance go go check them out i'm not sponsored by them but i use them every year they are that is best information to keep you on track for your hunting especially in the west other than that just to let you guys know yeah it's application season but it's also quail season out here it's great finding a new spot to go quail hunting. Um, I stumbled onto a great place, and I'm loving it right now. So between now and the end of the year, I got about 10 days left and planning to get out there just myself one more day, and I'm going to take my son out hunting. So I'm going to do an episode on that later, is how to get your kids into hunting, how to get them into the outdoors. Both of my kids have been bugging me constantly over the course of this hunting season to take them out. I've taken them out a couple times. They uh, seem to enjoy it, and I really enjoy spending the time with them. Not going to lie to you, don't see many animals when I'm out there with them, but they're having a good time. I know my dad really enjoys when I go out hunting with him. Where I grew up, it is kind of a family thing, so this is something I really want to instill in my kids, that spending time outside is enjoyable, one, to something they want to do and not just sit them in front of a screen and let them rot their brains. So, yeah, that's kind of something that's very important to me. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that and, and how I kind of foster, you know, the kids getting outside. And like I said, it seems to be working, but I'm taking my son out bird hunting probably next weekend. Can't wait for it. It'll be his first time going out there with me with the shotgun. And he's, yeah, can't wait for it. He's really excited. I mean, every day he wakes up and tells me, hey, daddy, is it time to go hunting? And the answer is always, no, it's time to go to school. He's not as much a fan of that one, but 
you know, I kind of get it. But let's dive into this whole fletching thing. So what is the purpose of fletching? That's the first thing I want to answer. And I mean, really what the fletching does is it helps stabilize the arrow. And it does that by applying drag to the arrow. So that is the whole point of it. You want to apply drag and if you can, spin the arrow. So how does it do that? Well, traditionally we use turkey feathers. And even if you apply turkey feathers straight because you have the two sides of the feather, the underneath and the top, as long as you put those together so all the tops are facing to the left, all the bottoms facing to the right or vice versa, what ends up happening is that arrow spins because there is more drag on one side than the other. So you have the drag basically slowing the arrow down from the wind and there's more friction on one side than the other. And so that causes the arrow to spin, which gives you your wonderful spiral, which just going to throw it out there. Aaron Rodgers better be on with throwing those wonderful spirals this weekend. I'm, I'm rooting for it. So let's go Packers. For those of you who don't know, grew up in Wisconsin, born and raised, diehard Packer fan. Get over it. But, back to fletching. You don't want too much drag, okay? Because the more drag you have, the more drop you have, the more you degrade your speed. But you need enough drag to make sure that you stabilize the arrow. So it's all a give and take. And essentially, spinning the arrow is going to keep it on its path. The drag is going to add to that spin. And that's the whole point of the fletch, is just to stabilize that arrow, keep it on its path. Remember, we were talking about in the episode where we discussed the broadhead and the front of center. It was a couple episodes ago. Go look back at that one if you don't know what I'm talking about. But we were talking about with front of center and you want to allow the back end of the arrow to steer. So that's why you wanted the heavier weight in the in the front so that the back end didn't have to do as much work to steer it. That's because your fletching is basically your steering. And that's what gets your spin going. That's what gets the spiral going. That's what keeps it on track to the target. Now, if you have too much drag, you're going to get a lot of drop, a lot of slowing down of that arrow. And you're really not going to have a lot of great performance on impact. But if you don't have enough drag, well, then it's really not doing anything. You might as well be shooting a bare shaft, which, by the way, can be done. But it's very difficult to keep it on target. You have to have perfect form to do it. So the fletching, the additional drag seems to, in my experience, increase the forgiveness of the bow, too. So... That pretty much is what it comes down to. Now let's talk about some of the materials that you have available. Most people just rely on the blazer veins. Okay. They work. They're great. I like blazer veins 99% of the time. Um, the only difference is going to be if I'm target shooting, I really do like feathers. I'm an old school guy in that sense. I like the feathers. I think they're more forgiving. Mainly because if you hit anything with them, they just kind of fold down and they get out of the way. You, you whack a blazer vein on any part of your bow, that thing's off. You're not going to get a good shot with that. 
So you got blazer veins. Basically, what we're talking about here is hard plastic. Then you've got feathers. Feathers tried, tested. They got a lot of downsides. Like I said, with the blazer veins, you know, they work. They're short. They are heavier. That's the other thing. Three blazer veins is about 24 grains, which isn't a lot. But when you're talking about front of center and how far you want to get that front of center forward, compare that to three feathers at seven or eight grains. And you're talking about a much different percentile for your front of center percentage. Is it that big of a deal? Not really. Um, I do think the bigger issue is with the feathers. Again, they're going to fold back. So when you do penetrate, you don't have that drag getting through the animal because the feather just folds back versus the blazer veins. They are going to cause a lot more drag trying to get the animal for a clear pass through. But at that point, you've already got the broad head out the other end. So you've got at least that much going for you. And uh, it really shouldn't make much of a difference. They'll probably just rip off if they have to. So the blazer veins, feathers, the big benefit blazer veins have is we don't always hunt in ideal hunting conditions as far as the weather's concerned. So what I'm getting at is feathers have this really bad habit of soaking up a lot of water. All right. If you have even mist, rain, get, I don't know, stream or something, anything that's going to get your fletching wet, the feathers are going to soak that up. And it's not a big deal out to about 20 yards. You can still shoot that. Just know it's going to go a little slower. It's going to be a little wonky coming out of the bow. But it's fine. But... If you have an animal at much any further than that, really, it's going to be really hard to shoot with that because your arrow is not going to perform the way you have it sighted to your bow for or tuned to your bow for that matter, because you're going to have a lot of water weight in those fletchings. And on top of that, the water is going to get the fletching to kind of fold down. So it's not even going to have the drag that it wants. It's going to have a lot of weight and not much drag, which is exactly the opposite of what we want so that's the big downside to feathers is they soak up that water and that's the big upside to the plastic veins is the weatherproofness even in the rain shooting a blazer vein is going to be not much different than shooting it in a dry sunny day the same can't be said for the feathers so that's where the material really causes a difference. One of the other things you want to take note of is we said the feathers are substantially lighter, but they have a substantially higher drag coefficient, which means generally speaking, if you shoot feathers, your arrow does come out faster out of the bow. However, 30 yards downfield, it's moving slower because it's actually slowing down a lot more. What that does is, especially depending on how you fletch it, I think you get a lot more control with feather-fletched arrows. I really do. That's why I use them on my target setup. I think they're a lot more forgiving. I think they work better actually at just 
pure accuracy. But in those situations, like if you're punching paper, who cares how fast it's going? It's just got to get there and get there at the same rate every time. In a hunting scenario, I want to preserve that speed. So if you were wondering, yes, I shoot feathers on my target setup. I do shoot blazers on my hunting setup. I found that that's the best trade-off for going around to different places. Now, if I was only hunting in California, there's a good chance I would just shoot feathers on my hunting setup. And I did for quite a few years because, believe it or not, California has a lot of sun and not much rain. So, bad weather's not really a big deal here. But, moving around, going to Colorado to hunt, going to Wisconsin to hunt, hunting out of state, I'm realizing other parts of this country, they, they don't get 360 days of sun every year. So, you got to kind of plan for the fact that you may be out there hunting and it may not be great weather. And you really don't want your hunt to be ruined just because your equipment's not designed to deal with the the wet weather now there are things you can do you can spray your feathers down and you can put covers over your fletchings and everything like that to try to keep the moisture off of them and it works to a degree but the plastic is just better for anything in the weather like i said personal experience though shows that i shoot a lot tighter groups shooting feathers than what i do with any sort of plastic one of the things I've played with last year was the fobs. And full disclosure, I'm okay with them. They're not my favorite. I prefer blazers over the fobs. Um, one of the things I noticed, especially on the elk hunt with my dad, was that when you're busting through brush, sometimes those fobs have a tendency to pop off and you can lose those. It's not a big deal. You have extras, you have extra knocks, you just throw them back in and you're good. But if you lose a couple of them, well, that arrow is out of your quiver until you fix it. Um, upside, when you hit an animal, they do pop off nicely and they mark your spot real well. So I do like that. Um, as far as control downrange, I haven't seen much difference from between a fob and a blazer. So it's all kind of personal preference. So that's another one you have a chance for or have a choice of. And the fobs, they're not bad. They're pretty heavy. They're about the same weight, honestly, as the blazers. So they're not bad. Um, I prefer the blazers. It just looks a little more normal. The fobs, they work just fine. They're easy to put on, pull off. They do get a good spin on them. So I don't really have anything against them, but like I said, preference for accuracy, feathers, for hunting, blazers, and the fobs, definitely for hunting. For target, I don't think I'd ever go with that. That's not really what they're meant for. So now that we talked on all your choices of materials, let's talk about the how you fletch the arrow itself. Generally speaking, if you buy pre-fletched arrows, they come with what's called an offset. And that's a one to maybe two or three degree, depending on the manufacturer, offset. And it's just a straight 
straight fletch, but it slightly turns about one or two degrees can't, uh, tilted on that shaft. And that's going to create a little bit of a spin. Now you can get straight fletch. Honestly, I don't see any real purpose for a straight fletch anymore because if you do a one or two degree offset, that's still going to shoot through your rests like your whisker biscuits and everything like that without ripping them off. And that would be the big benefit to a straight fletch is you have a lot of shoot through rests like the whisker biscuit where if you shoot something like what we're going to talk about next, the helical, which is my preferred fletching, it would rip those right off. You'd have major problems. It, it wouldn't work. You can't shoot a helical through like a whisker biscuit type rest. But if you have an offset, you can still shoot that through there. It gets you a little bit of a spin. So you get, it's kind of like the happy medium. Okay. It works with the shoot through rest. And at the same point in time, it gives you a little bit of spiral, a little bit extra drag to get better control of your broadhead. But my favorite, like I said, was the helical. I use about a six to six and a half degree helical on mine. And I'm going to tell you, if you go, just, just look at YouTube and find some of the videos where they show you the uh, wind tunnel with the different fletching. And you're going to see how much faster a helical spins than an offset. It really does. It really creates a real tight spiral. And you get a lot better control of that arrow downrange with the more you're spinning. Now, the downside to it is how you're getting that increased spin is increased drag. So you are slowing your arrow down substantially by doing that. But when we're only shooting 60 yards at the most, you're going to get there. It's, it's not that big of a deal. So again, it's, it's all a give and take. That's kind of what I like about archery equipment is you're always kind of trying to find that happy medium where it works for your setup. But you got to understand what you're doing in each case. So as you add more helical, you're increasing drag. So you're pulling back your speed over distance. But you're also increasing how much control and how little the wind affects the arrow and everything like that. So you're more accurate by doing that. So you got to find that happy medium where you have enough speed and enough power to actually have the penetration down range that you need. But at the same point in time, have the drag you need to make sure it hits that spot that you aimed at in the first place. And so that's why I like to fall on like a six, six and a half degree helical. That's quite a bit, honestly, but with the power I've got going, the fact that I rely mainly on weight for my arrow and so my drag, it, it just doesn't slow down as much. So there's a lot different speed. The actual raw speed that you lose from a 350 foot per second arrow and a 250 foot per second arrow, if they both lose 10% on the 350 foot arrow, you lost 35 feet per second. On the 250, you only lost 25. So they're actually getting closer and closer to the same speed. So the heavy arrows this is another benefit to the heavy arrows is downrange the effect gets negated because it's always a percentage loss and so your actual loss in speed is reduced 
And so that's one of the big things I like about going to the heavy is because the heavier arrow, you're never losing the mass and you lose less speed with a heavier arrow than you do with a lighter arrow. So that's my big thing on the helical. The other big benefit to the helical is, or the downside, I guess, to the helical. I shoot a shoot, uh, a drop away rest and I always advocate for drop away rests. Some people don't like them. And the reason being is it's another moving piece that could fail. I haven't had it fail ever on me, but again, it is a moving piece. It could fail. That is the difference between that and say a whisker biscuit that's a shoot through. But with the helical, you can't shoot a whisker biscuit. So you have to shoot a drop away. It, it just is what it is. You're going to have to shoot a drop away. And I think they're better. I really do like the idea of getting off the bow as fast as you can. This kind of goes into the idea with the shoot through rest. Remember the last part the last contact you have with that arrow is when the knock clears that rest. You're in contact with the shoot through all the way to that point. With a drop away, you actually lose contact with that arrow once the knock breaks away from the string. So you have on a six on a six inch brace height bow, you have six inches there where you lose where the arrow is clear. You can do whatever you want with that bow. And as long as the cage around your rest doesn't tick anything, the arrow has already, there is nothing touching the arrow at that point. So that's one of the big benefits to a drop away over a shoot through is that six inches, which it's not a lot, but that's enough time where your hand is relaxing and everything like that with your form. It's enough time to knock that arrow off. And I do get more consistent, accurate shots with a drop away than I do with a shoot through. Because, like I said, you get off the bow faster. So we kind of went into the pros and cons of helicals, offsets, and all the different materials you have. And I know it's not a huge decision that you got to make. I mean, most people make their decision by how they're going to fletch their arrows by, hey, what's on sale at Walmart? But give some thought to how you're fletching your arrow. Maybe you do want to add a helical. Maybe you do want to switch over to feathers, or maybe you want to switch over to blazer veins. Before next time, just give some thought to the kind of hunting you want to do, what weather conditions you're going to be in, what material you should have, and and what orientation for your fletching is going to be best for you. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond Hunter Ed Podcast. And as always, if you have questions, please email us at questions at beyondhuntered.com or you can find us on the web at www.beyondhuntered.com.